We've come to the halfway point of our senior seminars. Our guests today come from the Blue Bay Police Department. Why don't we begin with a question? What is a sex crime? Not getting any. Welcome to the town of Blue Bay. Hi, Mr. Lombardo. Girls. So where's your house, Mr. Lombardo? Where innocence can seduce. He started rubbing my shoulders. Accusations can destroy. I'm innocent. You guys do sex crimes, right? When was this that Sam Lombardo gave you the ride? Did Sam Lombardo rape you? Yeah, okay, he did. He pushed me to the floor. And appearances can deceive. Kelly said that we should do this to hurt Mr. Lombardo. She found out that Mr. Lombardo was in love with her mom, and that was it. You You know how my mom's paying you off? She's breaking my trust. We bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Now they're getting away with $8 million of Sandra Van Ryan's money. You want my gut? There's more to this story than you know. After tonight, three of us not to be seen together again. After tonight? I was curious about how you see things working out for you and Sam and Susie. Excuse me? I mean, it's hard enough for one person to keep a secret, let alone three. Especially when two of them are in love. You don't really think Kelly and Sam are going to share that money with you, do you? Leave me alone. There is no case. Get out of these people's lives. Sam, I'm really nervous. I need you to be there for me tonight. we got to stick to the plan. There's no one to trust. You can trust me. <laughs> I'd keep a real close eye on my new friends if I were you. She's gonna blow it. Don't touch me! Wild things. Two's company, three's a crowd. Can I play two? Or is it just for boys? There it is. All right. Episode four of the New Blood Rising podcast of season three. Thank you guys for downloading Living Dangerously 98. I'm William Rankin, joined via Skype by Jason Kiesler. How's it going? In the studio here with Charlie Stabile. All righty. And also over Skype, although not in the same place as Jason, Martin Dixon. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to clarify that. It's been a couple weeks. I swam over there. I was uh, mistaken for a beached whale. Some friendly UK people helped me out, and I made it to Martin's place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he might deserve the Hitman one. I was going to say, the, the, I could see Jason could going say. out to... <laughs> <laughs> Look at that butterfly. <laughs> so majestic. I know. And I... 
I was at swim. I, getting back into swimming, like I can do freestyle and breaststroke, but damn, man, if you ask me to do butterfly, that is, I suck at that. I, is that this one? Yep. Oh, dude, one, that yeah. one fucking hurts. It hurts the shoulders, <laughs> and it's definitely not one. Like I remember, I did, I did one. I was like, all right, man, uh, uh-uh, uh, that shit sucked. <laughs> Done. Moving on. So, um, as we now we are starting a very important wrestling year. It is nineteen ninety eight. Um, at least for ECW, we're not starting obviously in January, but still, we're it's a. Is this the peak for you? Like, this is my favorite year of wrestling. Me too. Ninety eight yeah. through, I'd say like maybe May of ninety nine. I mean, this was. Um, I truly was watching both WWF and WCW. Yes. Recording one, watching the other, as opposed to ninety seven, where I I didn't really. My only real memories of watching ninety seven WWF were when Brett turned heel. Yeah. And then I remember just being glued to that because I was so angry. <laughs> I think it's a good place to start. So kind of looking at this overall, like 1998 for wrestling. Jason, I know you're a big WCW guy, so I know you're probably heavily entrenched with, with Nitro and everything of that sort. But overall, man, what would like? how exciting was wrestling for you in this time period? It was uh, very exciting. 1998 is the year I graduated high school, so there's a lot of just associations with that. It's like the, the week after I graduated is where Mick, you know, was McFoley was thrown off the hell in the cell, and um, then just this build up, this kind of senior year, a lot of people getting together. We were doing nitro parties, but not for the sake of nitro. Uh, for some people, I was there having a great ass time. Um, it was fun. It was like what Charlie said. You know, you would tape one and watch the other. And since there wasn't really DVRs and TiVo at the time, that was a that was a feat unto itself. You had the little TV in its own room with the VCR with the do not touch. Post-it note on the screen. Um, that's how I handled it. Uh, and if I re- I can't remember which one, but I think wasn't USA running Raw at like 1 a.m. in its entirety after the fact? It, I know they were for a little bit, but You're right. I don't know they would they do kept something. going and do. Yeah, they and I think to some extent they. I know for many years I would catch like an, an early AM edition of Raw where it was like replayed. Oh, I remember something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah. the 1 a.m. stuff. Uh, now, Nitro came on at eight, right? Yeah, and then Raw came on at nine, right? <laughs> Unless it was because Mickey, my what's also funny is this is the era of time where Raw could be preempted for like Moby Dick or the the Dog Show, the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> Raw will be on when Saturday. Was, yeah, when was Raw preempted from Moby Dick? There's a <laughs> it's um it I, this is where I plug the Raw Attitude podcast because Henry made a mention of this. It was sometime, believe it or not, it was sometime actually in like April, like right when like it is like ridiculously heavy for for wrestling at this point, especially with where they're at in the WWF. It was preempted for Patrick Stewart's movie oh, Dick. Oh, the Patrick Stewart one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember. Mm. The other thing I was going to mention too was. Um, this was also the area of time. On the flip side, for Nitro, they would be preempted for the NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah. As Henry is also chronicled. Which, when Rodman showed up, that's what was so interesting yes, about that. exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, Martin, on your end, for you in 98, where are you in terms of being a wrestling fan? I am somewhat out in terms of watching because I didn't have pay TV at that point. Um, but I kind of kept up with it through magazines. Oh, well, with WWF through magazines. Uh, it was fun to see WWF merch start appearing in stores again as it you know, as it was getting more and more popular. I see around about 92, it all died off. That's a good point. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then 
um, you know, in that year, it starts creeping back. So it became it became all right to be a fan again. Right around that time. But was... here, here it was WWF or bust. WCW. We knew of WCW because we got the video games. But oh. I don't think it was shown too regularly on TV until about 1999. Right around that time was when um, the WWF action figures started coming back into the stores. There was a time yeah. period where there were no WWF action figures. Yeah, like, I had to go to... Um, for the Hasbro figures, I had to go to EB Games, yeah. of all places, to get the. Or, 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 what was what was the other one? Um, Babbage's. Babbage's. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Babbage's. They sold the Hasbro figures, and I remember the last one I bought was Razor Ramon. And then, like, there were some shitty side figures that they had, and I didn't touch those. And then two or three years, no WWF figures, and then Jax got a hold of them yeah. with those bone crunching figures. And this is right around that time. It, well, and, and I even beyond figures too is. Hats, shirts, mm-hmm. like all these yep. other things that are wrestling branded. Stone Cold shirts, certain, Stone Cold posters. Yeah. My dad had a Stone Cold poster They're, in his apartment. That's awesome. The 100% pure Wolfpack. see the, the random edited DX shirt at Walmart for sale. That's yes. Right. Yeah. I remember the random. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember they going, had the asterisks for the U and suck it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they did? Yeah, yeah, they were edited versions because I, or, like, it was hey, this this one family member of mine who didn't have a lot of money, and they're like, hey, you know, I want to get you something for your, your graduation. I was like, oh, you can give me a DX shirt, and they they brought me one of the edited ones, and I was being polite and saying thank you. And back in my mind, I'm like, you son of a bitch, <laughs> can't pay for the extra money for the you. Come on. So, th- what's cool about talking about this is we bat around WWF and WCW here. I will be the first one to tell you, this pay-per-view is on March 1st of 98. At no point had I really heard, I hadn't really heard of ECW yet. Just real quick batting around. You hadn't, Charlie? No. Uh, My only exposure to ECW up until this point was their invasion of uh, WWF, which I really put out of my mind. Because I didn't know what it was, didn't really care. Because WWF apparently put it out of their mind too. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't on television. Right. Yeah. So it was like, well, why, do, why even care about this? And... WWF was full force into the Stone Cold storyline with Shawn Michaels and Mike Tyson. Uh, what was WCW doing in, at that time? It's Sting and WO kind St- of thing. Sting, was, Sting had just fought. Sting had just mm-hmm. fought Hogan at, at Super Brawl, right. right? So because there was like a two month or a three month period where WCW didn't have a world champion, which was very odd, and it was hard to. It's why we need titles. It was hard to watch the product and, and, be, and be really invested in it, even as a kid, if there was no title or main title that they were all going for. Yeah. So I was still watching WCW, still loved it, but WWF was where my eye was definitely going. And yeah, being 12 years old, I was uh, I was in sixth grade, and I'm not going to lie, big reason to watch WWF was the TV-14. Yeah. You know, Sable, like, you know, oh, a lady. <laughs> I'd like to Donald Trump her. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what Trump would do. Yeah. So I wonder if that'll still be timely by the time this comes out. <laughs> I know. Well, I'll tell you what'll happen by the time this comes out. He will have said something else. And we'll talk about that the next time. Can sure. you believe he said that? But oh it was amazing. Back Jay- then. Jason, did you did were you watching any of ECW or do you really heard of it during this time? Other than the the little bits like where I mentioned of catching it on the that weird satellite channel show. Yeah. Um, that was it. I mean, like I would see it and th- I would see their ads for their pay-per-views and stuff. And it would just be, 
I think their pay per views were only like twenty twenty four bucks somewhere in there. Yeah, they they were weren't, cheap. you know, like, that's why I bought anywhere. all of them yeah. when I when I learned of them because they were ten dollars cheaper. They were twenty dollars, uh, and WWF and WCW at the time were thirty. Oh, they were. Oh, okay. yeah. And and nine times out of ten, the ECW pay per view was better. So I was like, well, I'll just I'll spend money on that. Martin, last I'll throw to you last at. Um, with where you were as a wrestling fan, had you heard of ECW? Had you caught any of it yet at this yep. point in 98? The first I ever knew of ECW was when Preview started going around for the first uh, Acclaim video game, the Hardcore Revolution. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Um, because the magazines desperate to fill pages of a game that was just essentially WWF Attitude again. Um, would do like little pieces on whatever they could learn from the internet about ECW. So that was my first exposure to it. But that's how I knew about guys like Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, Rob Van Dam. One of the, um, one of the real. But sell- yeah, that's. I was just going to say about that video game. One of the real selling points of that video game was the fact that, and they were touting this a lot, that it was going to be the first wrestling game to be rated M. Yeah, and, and that was a reason to check it out. And the only reason it's rated M, I'm certain, is because of that barbed wire match. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, definitely. <clears throat> that's that. That's the reason I got it. it like, you know, you see the shots of oh, Irish whip. Yeah. the Irish whip becomes the move of the match, and it drained it, it drained health by like fifty percent. Oh yeah, if you yeah. did it to a guy in a suit, it looked like it shot him to death. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. But the, the, the thing that was so terrible, those acclaim games are awful, and. The controls were so bad, you would actually Irish whip them into the turnbuckle a lot. Like, no! (laughs) I aim down, not corner. So, that brings us here. We're March 1st, 98, so we're pre-Uncensored and we're pre-WrestleMania 14. But things are building towards something massive in terms of the wrestling explosion of pop culture. For this pay-per-view, we're in Asbury Park. Perfect. Like, you almost knew immediately who had to be on this show in some type of high regard. Um, Asbury Park Convention Hall. I also think that's also a nice touch. A convention hall is always a better place to go versus an auditorium. But a nice crowd of about 3,700, a little bit down from the show in Pennsylvania, November to remember. But still, you know, again, compared to house shows and whatnot that they've had, it's a pretty heavy show. Buy rate 0.21, a little bit up from where we were with November to remember. The opening is really cool to this show. I dig it a lot. With seeing Taz walking into the empty arena, they do this interesting kind of track around him as he's looking at the the where the show's going to be taking place, and he all he says is "I'm ready," and then that's it. We launch into the you know the convention hall where Joey is. Did you, did you even glance at this on the network? No, this is odd. No. This was is on, according to WWE Network. This is rated TVPG LV. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know. It just tells me that they did something drastic to this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get that rating to, lowered. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch this version, but I, wonder, I just wanted to see. I, well, when we go to tag match part two, probably. You know, That's if we get to that, maybe. So, um, Joey, of course, opens the show. The FBI make their way out. I like that Joey's not impressed immediately that Tracy Smothers has a son named Kyle. Yeah, real Italian name. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, it goes like <laughs> George, George Carlin. Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> so our first match of the night, we got the full-blooded Italians who are not the tag team champions now, because they were. They won at the last show versus Jerry Lynn and Chris Chetty. 
Uh, isn't he a graduate of ECW House of Hardcore? And that is that his thing? Yeah, yeah, he's like the first. This was their power plan, and I remember them advertising this thing on ECW on TNN. Yeah, the House of Hardcore, and didn't really tell you where it was, where it was, like how to get a hold of it. So it finds you. <laughs> okay, so this is what's funny about this match, and I'll be honest, my notes are a bit sparse for this, but. The thing that I found funny here, and I want to see if you guys thought this, this match is clearly designed to get Chris Chetty over. That's 100% how it is set up. The execution of it, though, to me, makes Jerry Lynn stand out even more. He seems to come off like the, the big player in this match, the guy that we should be looking towards the future to see what he's got. Jason, to start off with, what did you kind of like think of like kind of the dynamics of Chetty and Lynn? Did you think that... You know, Lynn kind of came off more as the star here than Chris Chetty. I watching it. I mean, yes, it's hard to say that uh, that that you know if we didn't know who Jerry Lynn would become, if that would be the case, because they do do a, a decent job of trying to get Chetty over uh, and introduce it. And I think more, it's not just trying to get him over as much as it is look what you can learn to do at our school. Um, so you know, you got to pay us to find out where it's at kind of thing i you know the full-blooded italians were such a great joke stereotype Mm -hmm. um and what's weird is you would think that as comedically over italian as they are that this would be something in a southern promotion not actually in an area that has a lot of actual italian people that's one thing i always thought was weird now so that they these guys stroke their chins like dx crotches just constant constant doing Mm -hmm. that too much of it. It got distracting. Um, but I did enjoy seeing Jerry Lynn like start the Jerry Lynn movement, I guess. That's a way to put it. I like that Joey Styles described him as dynamic Jerry Lynn. Yeah. For a lot of adjectives for Jerry Lynn, and dynamic is not one of them. So Not in terms of personality. Not, it's his no. personality. His right. wrestling style is next to none. Martin, what did you think about this as an opener here? I thought it was great. I do like me the FBI. This is, you know, after what I saw of him on the last show and this show, I I'm a convert. I do like their gimmick of wannabe Italians. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, I wouldn't have pegged Tracy Smothers and Tommy Rich as full-blooded Italians. No, it's like a joke that everybody's in on. I mean, even the crowd at one point starts singing "Shut Up in Your Face." <laughs> <laughs> a small section of the crowd gets a few lines of shut up your face out, which is an inspired chant. I'll admit, there is a time where I didn't understand it. Because when I came into ECW around, I guess, 99, the full-blooded Italians, for the most part, were Italian. Like, you had Little Guido, you had Sally yeah. Graziano. Like, these were, like, Italians, or at least Italian characters. And then when I'd go back and watch old ECW footage, and I'd see Tracy Smothers, right. and I would just be confused. I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. He's not Italian. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, Compared to what we saw with November <clears throat> to Remember, I think it's a, a more solid opener. It's, it's clearly, like, you know, a good just kind of energy grabber from the start, and I think they succeed in that. It's interesting how they tease this tension kind of in FBI afterwards. After what we talked about, I think they've been such a solid team. If, to, to even tease that you're going to have this is, is is fascinating. But at the same time, like I get it, like because I when I write down the tension in it, like it, it has more to do with is it Tommy Rich because he's useless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was one of them. I, I, that 
Because that's I still can't get out of my head that that weird bump he took in November to remember. We're like he, he's 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 got color. He's bleeding, and he's just like, oh fucking yeah, I'm <laughs> over now. Yes, he's just kind of jumping up and down in the ring there and everything. It's great, but um, you know, it's 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 fine. I didn't mind Chetty. It's hard to be anything right. against. I, I just I was more fixated on what Jerry Lynn was doing in the match. Like I thought he looked to be the much better wrestler. Like, like this is the guy like I should be seeing more of and should be talked about more than sadly Chris Chetty. But regardless, it's a nice little opener and they go over. It's great. It's get some. It, they're getting behind Chetty. That's nice. There's a homo chant. Who is that? Who is that directed at? I I don't I do not remember. I imagine Chetty. <laughs> Martin comes out of the blocks. He's That's a hardcore. <laughs> Does anyone else find little Guido kind of uncomfortable because he's so small and just yeah. in tights? Like it's really weird. He's so small and he's so ridiculously cut, but then it's just like I don't know. It's just weird. It's like this guy is too small to be wrestling. He looks smaller than Spike Dudley. It reminds me of when I first saw Cody Rhodes, and he didn't wear knee pads, and I thought he looked yeah. like really ridiculous. We couldn't; he, he couldn't get over with us because of those of the knee pad issue. It, 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 he always looked like Ric Flair two thirds of the way through the match. Just, I'm gonna take it down, and just I'll just start the match that way. <laughs> so, wrapping up that one now, we head to we cut to Paulie doing a video talking Tanaka versus Kanemura here. Like, this is going to be an epic, epic match. And then we go... (laughs) Man, so first of all, in the video package, they talk about, oh, Tanaka did this, did that. He fought Mike Awesome at this thing. And I'm like, is he fighting Mike Awesome tonight? Because that's one of the best matches. Anytime those two got together. No. No, Tanaka is... He's fighting Furnace? Yeah. So we get a a, a nice little switch here immediately. What song did Furnace come out to? Oh, I don't remember. What was it? Sad But True. Oh, he did come out to it? I didn't Oh, yeah. I didn't hear it. it. comes out to Jackal. That's just hilarious in itself. Yeah. But, so, Metallica is for the Sandman and Doug Furnace. (laughs) (laughs) And Sting. (laughs) Oh, oh, now that's good. And when Sting came out to So we also need to talk about, we have another person who comes out here. Our friend Peabody Award winner, Lance Wright, who has now become... (laughs) (laughs) We need a boo button. All over him. Boo this man. He, uh... Yeah. We all remember how we kind of joked about just those awful pre-recorded segments at Hardcore Heaven. Pre-record. (laughs) Pre-record. To see him shuttled out now to be like another one of these WWF sympathizing heels. Yeah, he comes out and McMansplains to the crowd. McMansplains, yes. (laughs) That's it. It, It's very hard for a company to stand on its own feet when they're constantly referencing another company. Say TNA. Yes. (laughs) Or don't, because they're probably not around at this moment. But WCW did that. It's one of the things I like about WWF. They rarely ever took a shot at any other company. And I remember, like, that was a thing that, that they were told to do. Like, let's just focus on our own <laughs> Until stuff. DX started the invasion. Until DX yeah. did that invasion shit. Yeah, which, man, they make that out to be just this monumentally wonderful thing. And, yeah, it was cool on Raw, but he didn't really think much of it at the time. 
I thought it was really awesome at the time. I I'll thought, say that. I thought it was cool, but I mean, it, did, it, did, it didn't have this lasting effect on me. It, no, no, it's, no. It's this thing where WWE just drills something into your head so much that, right. yeah, that was amazing. It was pretty badass at the time because it was like, they're, are they actually going to do something together on TV now? Is this going to happen? Of course it didn't. But right. it, was, it, was, it was fun at least to, you know, kind of see them teasing it or whatever. But to see Lance Wright out there trying to, like, get this guy over as, like, a heel. And then were this match... This, let's say it outright, man. This match is a big bag of shit. One and a half out of five. That's it's what it's very bad, and I can't explain. I'm trying. I watched it a couple times to try and figure out where is it bad. Is it Tanaka who's just sort of like maybe mailing it in because he's in there with a guy like Furnace, or is it Furnace not getting the spots? That's why I, I wanna, wrote something's off here. Jason, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think is off in this match? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, I mean, I think maybe it was Tanaka just, I think, I don't think it was necessarily him being bad, but he was expecting to clearly wrestle someone else, yeah. uh, and then he gets this guy, and it might be a situation of, of there was no, I know some wrestlers can do that, they go out there, you know, they talk about how Chavo and Benoit would go out there with just no, I, you know, just call it completely in the ring and be blank, but people clearly need to talk to one another and set something up. Yeah. And I think that was a problem is they were trying to call it on the fly and it just, it didn't work out. Um, and I think too, is that um, the, the crowd atmosphere was very hostile. Yes. Uh, I mean, more towards Lance Wright, but I mean, it's carrying over into the match. Like it isn't the, the good kind of heat, you know, it's like it, where they're chanting Lance Wright takes it up the ass, doodah, doodah. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's, that's a big distraction. Uh, yeah, and, and from someone, and, you know, there's already, you know, there is that, that well known difference in wrestling culture in Japan as far as the audience and wrestling culture from here. And I'm sure, you know, they've come over here a lot, but that might have had him taken aback. And then plus it's like, wait a minute, now I'm not wrestling this guy, and this guy's out here, and. I'm wrestling Doug Funny, and and I don't know what to do, and and he doesn't know what to do. It, I didn't like this at all. Like, or Charlie said, one point five. I'd give it a one. Do you think? I just thought is. You think language be, was an issue here? Like I being able to communicate, correct? Because like I've, not, I've heard, I've heard the, the the language of wrestling is universal. Everybody like well, finds also, a way. Japanese wrestlers do learn to call stuff in English. I guess so. Okay, so maybe not. Martin, then go ahead and carry on. I, what do I you think, think was the issue here? I think it was a case of Masato Tanaka really thought he was going to be wrestling Wing Kanemura. Um, that didn't pan out, so that's a that's a barrier right away. I think they chose Doug Furnace because it's like a case of well, this guy used to wrestle in Japan because he did. He used to wrestle, but he wrestled for all Japan, which their style was was what they called King's Road, or well, all Japan still exists. It's that that strong style stuff that you always hear about. Yeah, hard hitting but not especially, like, flashy. Um, Frontier martial arts wrestling, where Tanaka came from, was like the opposite of that. So they're trying this stuff, and they're both trying to have a Japanese-style match, but a different Japanese-style match, and it's just not working. It's like a clash of styles. Because um, I noticed, like, a lot of the botches came on these Irish whips. Yeah. He would be coming off uh, – Tanaka would be coming off the ropes, and then, like, he would stop because Furnace is clearly not doing what he thought he was going to do. Leapfrog, motherfucker. <laughs> <Irish> yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, roaring elbow. I thought the most interesting thing from this uh, match was the commentary where Joey Styles is trying to build up Masato Tanaka, and he mentions that Masato Tanaka used to compete 
in exploding ring matches. Yeah. And I I remember, I think Funk and Cactus had one of those. How do you win an exploding ring match? Like, By pin. It's a it's just a straight up pinfall. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Great. just that uh, there's like what well what the the announcers C four charges under boards at, at like various points oh throughout God. the ring and ring side. Yeah, um, and then s- at a, a pre a predisposed time they just set everything off. You're not going to see that action figure set coming out anytime soon. No. no. That's that was up to you to make. That's G.I. Joe with yeah. M80s. Imagine that WWE Legend series if you had Cactus and Terry Funk from those matches. Like, oh, man. Those would be awesome. But anyway, so, man. I, but, of course, afterwards. Because the other thing is, this match, for whatever reason they decided to do the booking where Lance Wright is interfering that is not helping Doug Furness, the guy he's supposed to be representing. So, by the end of it, Lance Wright comes in talks some... Talk some shit at Doug Furness, who then clotheslines him and says he's going to stay in ECW, which might have been kind of a reaction. Yeah, I know, like barely a reaction. Like they've he's uh, at Survivor Series. Well, he was at Survivor Series. So, all right, we cut to Heyman now talking about uh, the ECW Hardcore Hotline. This comes up a couple times. I just wanted to make note <laughs> of it because it's funny to watch the Hardcore Hotline, the merchandise catalog, and of course Wrestle Palooza coming up. Don't you think ECW is a little too hardcore for a Palooza? A little bit, yeah. yeah. A, little, a little. I've never liked that title. Wrestlepalooza. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was just they were caught in the... Was it uh, Hullapalooza? Yes, Hullapalooza? that's correct. Yep. So this is the first mention that we get that the um, censors will not allow what they're calling a dueling cane match. <laughs> Which, we'll get back to that. Each, yeah, does each, each participant have like a, a cane? That's what I thought. Uh, no, a like figure, a Glenn no, Jacobs cane. A, a figure of cane. <laughs> they, they come with a cane. <laughs> and there's Tim Kane. Oh, he's got the variant with the red and the black inverted. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He's got corporate cane. Boom. <laughs> Concessions cane. Yay. Singapore cane. He's just out in a Hawaiian shirt drinking Mai Tai with still the mask on. Another plug for RIT pod, casual cane, because on the episode that, that I watched for that, Kane is at like a DNA testing center, wearing a ski mask and a tracksuit. <laughs> That's Hitman Kane. <laughs> it's Eastern European mobster Kane. Yeah, the uh, talking about Paul's delivery of the uh, the hardcore hotline, it just came across as super sleazy. Yeah, who? Jenna Jameson, and it's like, what is she doing, and who is she doing? So it's like, are you a lonely fat guy? Call and listen to another lonely fat guy talk about Jenna Jameson. I only pay like three bucks a minute. The bat! (laughs) (laughs) Man, give me a break, will you? Like, this is funny, because Charlie just teased it, talking about, this is the first mention of we can't show this this Sabu Sandman thing, because it's too violent. The censors won't allow it. let's Let's try to make sense of this real quick. Why would they have this match before the pay per view even started? Right. Basically during their pre show. Right. Yeah. And then, well, what, like, did they tell them that they wouldn't air it between Sandman and Sabu before the match even happened? So you might as well just do it while you're not on television. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> and then, like, as Joey's explaining this, Jason and Nicole Bass butt in and have Joey roll a tape of um, was it? Is it? It's Tommy coming in by himself. Tommy brought his dog. Brought his yeah. dog and his Raiders jacket um, and his uh, 
Not with Beulah, though. That's the key thing here is that Beulah is not there in that maybe she's with Justin Credible now. Maybe. We don't know. We're talking about trading down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we do, though, go into our next match, and I got really excited oh. for this. Man, yeah, I didn't know we'd get Too Cold Scorpio in in these papers. Because this is a fascinating point for him because he's he, he had just left the Flash Funk thing. I think at this point, and now like he's yes, coming in yeah. doing, he's going to come back and he goes and again, um, as we've heard on the Raw Attitude podcast, they very they they change his name up a little bit in WWF, like Scorpio, and then there's two yeah. two C Scorpio, two C Scorpio, they they, they try uh, to Mr. do Mr. JL, yeah. yeah. So when I got, I was like, oh, so it's going to be RVD versus Two Cold Scorpio, like this is awesome because Scorpio's a guy like great. from a WCW his tag team of. Marcus Bagwell. Oh, yeah. So, the chain wrestling in the beginning of this is fun. It's really Mm -hmm. good. It's really, really good. And this is when I really begin to hate the crowd because they keep yelling boring. And I'm like, Well, they yell boring? One fan yelled, kick him in the nuts. I'm like, that's not that kind of match, pal. Um, I, I Honestly, I love the chain wrestling. I don't think the ring is big enough for their chain wrestling. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like because they get caught up in the ropes at one point when they're doing the uh, look, look at me. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the hand thing. Yeah, where they're like, oh, oh, yeah. monkey flip. Yeah, it just it looks a little. It's not their fault. It's just the ring. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a weird turn in this match because RVD gets in the usual signatures. Okay, he does a Van Damon. The Van Daminator on the outside is awesome. Oh, it's great. The ramp. It's great. Th- that the fucking spinning wheel kick that he did off the top rope. That looked like he just hit too cold with his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He even goes to the 450 and misses. Now, okay. That's where awesome. What we're gonna pause in this, and this is where I want to bat this around. Because this match started off okay. And then there's a point where it just comes to a complete halt. And I think it's when mostly Scorpio's in control. When he's in control of the match, it comes to a halt. So starting off, Jason, like with this one, we're going to get into the stuff with uh, with, with Sabu here in a bit. But did you this did this match live up to your expectations? And if it didn't, what was it that really kind of brought it down? I thought it was really good. It didn't hit my expectations, but that's I think more of uh, suddenly wanting more than it's there. Um, what brought it? What did hurt it to me is like the eight million times. Uh, Scorpio calls for his finishing move and never does it. <laughs> That's the thing. Nailed it. That's what's so That's funny. What yes. You, know, you want to see the 450? Because the crowd pops the first time and maybe yeah. the second time. But then it's like, well, he's not doing well, it. Well, he's like, you want to see the 450? Nah. Well, I'm going to do a moonsault. Yeah. So it's bizarre. It, I, it's like Lex Luger. You want it? <laughs> you want, you want another? <laughs> Martin, what did you think? Oh, I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. I didn't know if you are done. Sorry. No, I mean, it was just weird that the... Uh, like, they've been pushing this whole WWF invasion thing, and here's a guy who's still kind of around, or at least a little bit, because I remember a time where Scorpio was paired with Terry Funk in WWF. That's yeah, coming that's up. Right. Like, he's going to be there throughout the rest of this year, I'm pretty sure. So here's a guy who is actually regularly on their programming, wrestling the guy who says he's there, you know, and is willing to go work it, but you don't see him that often. It was just kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Martin, go ahead. That's another thing I noticed, because that's not brought up. It's like, here's an actual WWF guy to face RVD. Surely there could have been some room for some kind of plot development where 
someone from the WWF calls Van Damme out, you know, and goes, no, we, you know, we don't want you. Yeah. But now, uh, but the match itself is, is great. I, I like it, really, really like it. But yeah, the whole, that seems to be a Scorpio thing, calling for a 450 and then doing any, any other move. There's, I, I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand it's, it. Like, it's weird. It's like a weird thing he's got going. I will say. Um, did you also see what, uh, or hear what, uh, what they gave him for entrance music? No. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, is it Jungle, Jungle Boogie? Boogie. Jungle yeah. Boogie. Jungle Boogie. That felt racist. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, Martin. It's a very yeah, solid right. point. This feels racist. I will say I was very impressed with the moonsault that he did because uh, mm. he climbed the, he climbed the rope and then he never looked backward. He just climbed to the top rope and jumped. And I was like, oh, my God. He's one of those high flyers who kind of gets lost, like, when you think about the great ones and, and, and the oh, things. He, he is. He had a natural feel for a ring mm-hmm. to be able to win to do things and distance, things of that nature, and be able to do it and everything. So let's dive in now. So Sabu comes out. Sabu makes his way out here. And um, he basically hits Arabian Face Buster. To the back of the head. Right. Which leads to knocking off um, Scorpio here for RVD to get the to get the win. And um, I don't know. I think the, the build-up to the finish is pretty cool. They kind of get back again to their, um, you know, their chain wrestling there at the end where it's like reverse, 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 and then finally that roll-up. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool finish. Um, again, it felt like a, it was a very long, a very long match at times. But it's fascinating here how immediately, though, we've got Sat- or the Sandman coming out to where it's just like we're, we're immediately building up. Well, it doesn't really make sense because that match between Sandman and Sabu has already happened. Right. So, yeah, in the, in the context of the pay-per-view, it's like, why, why are they running out here? Yeah, but had we seen that match by this point, then it would have made sense. I get Sabu running out for RVD. Right. I get that. It's the it's the continuation of the Sandman thing, but the problem is like we don't have context to mm-hmm. to really get where the, the the feud is gone because we haven't seen this match yet. But I don't know. It's um it's it's funny though because I did not know about Sandman and, and Scorpio, but they have mm-hmm. they have a couple beers afterwards and they're former tag champs apparently. Yeah, didn't yeah, know that. yeah. I have never I don't ever remember Scorpio on the microphone ever. Never, no, I never. I didn't know what he sounded mm-hmm. like. I was like, oh, God, do I want to hear this? It was a nice promo. No, it was all right. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it, was, it, was, okay. it was a good little promo. Uh, man, Sandman doing the drunken Kanrana, uh, and it broke a quarter of the table. Like, man, Sabu just must have got fucked up from that. That looked awful. But it's... I, I, I think I... What Jason's point was about it not living up because you ex- what your expectations are with these guys is what I think I side with the most. It, I just I just felt like every time Scorpio was in control, the match like came to a complete halt. When RVD was in control, it seemed to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like he was just move, 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 move like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we do a move. All right, let's move out here to the outside. Let's set up something out here. Do a spot. Okay, let's move back to the ramp. Let's move back to the ring. It just felt like there was a little bit more control, a little bit more flow with it. But I thought RVD did too much of the uh, accordion bump. You know what I mean? Like he bolts in half. Yeah, I mean, once a match is fine, but he did it like two or three times, and I was like, okay, Not, like, I I get it. Like it was one time was after a, and I'll give Scorpio the credit for this one. 
that release powerbomb looked amazing. Yeah. But it, I was kind of taken aback after RVD was like, all right, I'll accordion for this too. And I'm just like, all it's right. kind of the Ziggler thing. Remember, like, Ziggler will, like, sell, like, everything sometimes like a cannonball being shot in his face. Well, he should never do a, a stinger splash. Right. Ever. Because he will always hit that, that post. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Man, he does that thing fierce. Yeah. He, he a- does that like Bret Hart used to do the running into the turnbuckle. You know, just dong, like that sound that it would make. So now, as we shift away from this, the, the nice festivities at the end with Sammy and Scorpio, we go to a video package about Chris Candido and Lance Storm being the tag champs, but being split apart because of Candido's jealousy about Sonny and Lance Storm. And they're calling her Sonny. Right. Mm-hmm. They get So as a result, they each get to pick their own tag team partners tonight. What's funny is WCW literally like two months later is going to do the same exact thing with Sting and the Giant. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing where they're champions, but then they become adversaries, but they're still the champs, and hilarity ensues. And then Taker and Austin. Right, right. Another one where yeah, it's like... Yeah, they did it. So, they're, so we've got... Um, now the Dudleys making their way out. Gertner does his usual intro. Boris, does anyone have anything they want to call out? I didn't write down any for Gertner. The d No, I, I thought it was quite tame, but yeah, he... he is this about what he classes Devon as? Uh, the weight it's, category? It's, it's more so how he starts to say his weight and then yeah. changes it to 165 pounds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Then, then calls him a super cruiserweight. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's, Gertner hits it up. I've got, I'm a big, big, big fan of his. And I've got some of his, uh, he introduces, he, he calls the crowd, he goes, welfare recipients and homeless vagabonds. <laughs> um, which is just fantastic. I mean, like, immediately just coming out like, fuck you, crowd. Um, I'm going to go through and do this. The the slim, trim, what was it? Slim, trim, cut, and jacked. Yeah. I forgot how he introduces Big Dick Dudley's dick. Um, it was just way over the top but it's like what martin what you tweeted out i think when you were originally watching it a long time ago about like how how good at being dirty gertner is yeah it's 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 an art form to be that that filthy but entertaining with it the best example i can do of that is the bad touch by the bloodhound gang nice love it everybody you know oh that song was filthy it's filthy but yeah but it's really well crafted I mean, anybody can say swear words. Anybody can make references to genitalia. Right. But Gertner, Gertner is makes it an art form. Um, and it's I, when I saw him come out, I was like, "Oh, okay." I didn't look at the card too much ahead on this, and I was like, "Oh, it's the Dudleys versus uh, everybody." <laughs> Axel Rod and, <laughs> and Balls Mahoney versus. Oh, well, they're not out yet, but they'll be out soon enough. They'll be right with you, folks. This is the real advantage of being New Jack's partner. You oh. have to work half the match. <laughs> exactly. Versus <laughs> what will be New Jack and Spike Dudley. So, Damn uh, it. My first note is, oh, they dragged Spike into the <laughs> <laughs> They wasted Oh, Spike. Oh, poor Spike. Yeah. It's um, worse than too. So... One of the notes when when finally New Jack comes out, him with computer keyboards 
th- I mean, those things are not light. Those things are going to hurt like a Especially bit. Especially in like 1990s. Exactly. <laughs> the way he is swinging those, he swings everything like an ridiculously asshole. hard. Especially with Devon. Have you noticed like with Devon, he swings particularly hard? Like it well, looks like he's just going for it. Well, he wants to be the number one brother in the building. Righteous brother. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> do you like the way that it, it, this is weird? I've Devon does this, but I've only seen him do it here, where he will sell a chair to the back like he just took Hulk Hogan's weight belt. Where it's like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Bubba does a weird chair sell too. Yeah, I think it's either this or the one before where he takes a chair shot to the back, stands straight up, puts his arms out, and then. Bounces up and down. He's like a really overweight Ric Flair. <laughs> like just the way he do, he's doing the selling. But I just think that's weird. I'm like, what are those chairs I, made of? I, I love the Spike wants to do the double Irish whip thing with New Jack. New Jack, no, not doing it. Wrestling, no, no, no. He he aborts that quickly. Of course, convicted, never. So we go out to the crowd with this, and you and as soon as they did, I'm like, oh, okay, so there there's, there's got to be a balcony somewhere. And this is our first. Time seeing this. Can you imagine if New Jack was in the balcony instead of John Wilkes Booth and he just jumped on Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> With the music playing. With the music playing. Like he hates our American people cousin. watching our American cousin would be her- horrified of hearing natural born killers just blasting. <laughs> These new emancipations are certainly violent. That's a Photoshop. What are you jumping on him for? motherfucker. <laughs> Death to tyrants. But wait, he wouldn't. It's New Jack, so he would be like ten minutes late to the play. Which, which now makes <laughs> yes. me, which now makes me really want to see National Treasure Two with New Jack in the Ed Harris part. <laughs> that would be so much fun to see him in the Ed Harris. Well, he's not Denzel. He's not Denzel. He's Denzel's buddy. <laughs> he could be his buddy. Oh my god! But um, I love the port New Jack coerces Spike into going to the balcony with him. Like, oh no, you're coming with me, motherfucker. Oh, man. <laughs> We're and then he, do this and then shit. He, like kayfabe punches Spike. Yeah, like come on, down. So, okay. But he probably told him he would stab him if he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. This is my nominee for best of luck spot of the night. When you do something like this, um, when you're, I, I didn't know where to look. I was right. like, what's going to look worse? And the crowd is like loving it, the anticipation. And then when they finally do jump off the balcony through the tables, they hit. Um, is it? It's both. Is it balls and axle? They they uh, no. Who it's, they hit? It's, it's, it's the Dudleys. Dudleys. It's the Dudleys. Okay. Because Devon does his. Um, I'm having a seizure. So. Oh, yep, yep. I got you. Mm-hmm. So then. You know, it's funny when you do a spot like that. That's kind of like, you know, like TLC2 when you have Matt and I think that was Bubba too. Right. And I also remember the table match with the Hardys and the Dudleys at Royal Rumble 2000. Jeff did a swanton bomb on Bubba through a table off the top of the balcony, you know, yeah. Madison Square Garden, that that thing. And yeah, but they, that was a lot closer than these exactly. were. Exactly, yeah, because I was trying to remember close. that and why that's okay, and this one kind of isn't, and that's why because he was closer and it was it's not as high. Um, I, I'm astounded by just how quickly everybody recovers, like from this. Oh, like, it's, 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 it's definitely a lot longer, or not a lot shorter than I thought. 
Dub, um, do you get a, um, all right, so who goes out for, oh, yeah, yeah, so. Balls and Axel, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they get a three, uh, Balls gets a 3D. 3D. Yep, so that eliminates both of them. So Spike and New Jack hit guitars on the Dudleys, and these are not Mayhem Jeff Jarrett guitars. These look like honky-tonk. These are sandbag guitars. Right, you know, right. And then New Jack dives off the top rope with a chair on a T-Von for the win. Why not? <laughs> What a finishing move. If he did that to Abe Lincoln, that would be the set, Or does he just do things? He just does stuff. Yeah. Oh. So, what I want to bat around here is how you compare this to the November to Remember one. Because that's the only thing we can really do. We can't say if it's... I mean, we all know how we're going to say this matches. It's pretty awful. But, Jason, do you like this one more or less than the November to Remember match? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he just blew it all Threw over. Threw off a little on his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. I like this one a little bit better. I think having one less tag team helps um, because it's not so much chaos. I mean, it's still the same old, like Martin said, like New Jack doesn't do a wrestling move. New Jack is, I'm going to pick you this up and hit you with it. And pick this up, hit you with it. Bit this with, oh, okay, I'm going to do this ridiculous, crazy thing dangerous thing that will probably get us both killed, but whatever. Um, I mean, it's, I like it better than the, the November to remember, uh, but just barely. Okay. Martin. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think this one is the better of the two, but that is by no means an endorsement. <laughs> of either. I'm Martin Dixon. I do not approve this match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, huh. I don't think the November to Remember one had any rhyme or reason whatsoever. I think this one is better simply because it has and only has a middle. It doesn't have a beginning. It doesn't really have an end. It just has a middle, and that's that table spot. So right. it's like, okay, well, they knew they had to get to that point, and it makes sense when they get to that point. Yeah. And like you pointed out, like at least it's memorable. The, the, the guitar shots. Mm-hmm. I remember the acid drop that he yeah. gets to Devon, mm-hmm. which I was like, be careful. I mean, there's like guitar shards oh, yeah. all over the place. So, yeah, I think this is a better match, but, you know, don't 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 ask me if it's a good match. No, 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 no. Yeah. <coughs> so we move from this now to Joey throwing some major shade on Just Incredible. <laughs> yeah, he apologizes for Just yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Just, just in general. <laughs> so... We go to another video package that really does just it's it's basically the one from November to remember with a few little tweaks to it. It's the same sort of thing, but now they add a thing when, with Mikey. When Wh- Tommy Dreamer's face just like awkwardly stuck over Mikey. Wh- <laughs> <laughs> but Mikey is apparently he's he's got a he's got a um, he's got a knee injury now, and the the base of the video is just showing that the the rise of Just Incredible where he's at. Jenna Jameson now probably gets the pop of the night, and she says that she is now the new reporter for ECW. Dan Rather somewhere cried. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Jameson, broadcast journalist. How you doing? How the hell are you? <laughs> she's covered wars, you know. That's right. <laughs> what if she's actually Michael Cole? <laughs> she unzips herself, and Michael Cole steps out. It was me. It was me all along. <laughs> My my favorite part of her talking is uh, she turns around and looks at the sea of people, and there's one guy in the crowd doing this, 
<laughs> he's like motioning a blowjob yeah. kind of like hand gesture <laughs> just like he, and he's like of course this fat slob looking guy like oh yeah <laughs> if it's so funny because this ties back into what Jason was talking about the sleaziness of who is she doing at this pay-per-view oh my God. so okay. um, just incredible comes out uh, he just basically shrugs her off and then ditches her Pisses her off, so now she's like, well, I'm going to interview Tommy Dreamer then. And Tommy does, like... He pro- boldly goes. He boldly goes. Every man. Every man. <laughs> it's so weird. She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview whoever I want to interview. Hit the music. And then Tommy, like... Did her and the sound guy, like... Did they know? Did That's they know that Credible was going to be an asshole? That's what she was doing before the show, was the sound guy. <laughs> I need to get those cues. I know, I know Credible's going to blow me off. Get Tommy Dreamer to come out. Yeah, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I this bet. Is, Go ahead, Morgan. This Martin. is like a heel turn for Dreamer. This is the case. If you have Bueller, don't take her as well. Oh, there's some. There's there's probably a, a menage a trois that took place behind the don't scenes. Don't Tommy Dreamer short. Uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Lady killer, Tommy Dreamer. How you doing? Nice to meet you. <laughs> How the hell are you? <laughs> Pre-ECW Dreamer, that was his gimmick. That's right. That's, yeah, when he was more in shape. So, this, though, it it does set up our match here. Dreamer versus uh, Just Incredible. Tommy kind of dominates this thing early. It's fairly intense with the weapons and such. Uh, Tommy hits the DVD Spicoli driver, as they call it, in honor of the recent passing of Louis Spicoli. But Jason, who's back in the fray here, decides to distract. Uh, we get the Corkscrew Tombstone, which I always thought was a cool move. I love that move. It was a cool move. Incredible, Incredible made it his own. Yeah. Um. So then the turning point comes, because Beulah comes out. She acts like she's going to kiss Justin, but he eats a low blow. Jason eats a DDT from Beulah, which is the low point of his life. Um, (laughs) Now, him selling it is the low point of his life. And then the low point of all our lives is when Nicole Bass gets in, and then... Man. (laughs) That's her face. Maybe this is why it was PG. We had to to get this out of here. When it happens, because I had to rewind it, I wish I hadn't. She makes this face like, whoopsie-daisy. Uh, no. So there's a bit of a wardrobe malfunction here. Which is just hysterical for this, for the perspective of the crowd, because they doesn't matter if it's just a boob, they're gonna go crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> ah. Um. Uh. Mikey hits her with a stunner. Yep. Because why not? We need some more overbooking in a Tommy match again. Yeah, Mikey in a in a leg cast. Right. Yep. Tommy wins the match with the DDT. I, exciting, fun, overbooked finish. I just don't like the way these Tommy matches are booked. Jason, how do you feel about it? Same. Way too much shit. It's like the Tommy Dreamer fun time extravaganza. That's what you're going to expect. Tommy Dreamer um, and friends. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Um, going back, like when you were talking about Justin Incredible coming out to, to talk to Jenna Jameson, this is where I got the rat face comment from. Is It's like... Just like when someone told Beulah to walk super slow to look sexy, someone just went, oh, just squint your face. That'll show people that you're you're better than everyone. And he's just yeah. like, I, I don't know. It's just coming yeah. out. It looks like. He just ends up looking like Rat Boy. Yeah. <laughs> like he just ate a shitload of pears <laughs> with paper cuts inside of his mouth. That's what he looks like. 
it's it's not good at all. It's not fun um, as far as as him. But the match was it was really good. It was a nice build up for Just Incredible just to turn around and lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because it's like they're really putting into like this is this little punk ass that you hate is someone you need to watch out for, especially with that tombstone, you know, a corkscrew. That that's a really good move. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's limited it to who he could do it to, but it's still fun to to see. Just an asshole. Has that chance? Or yeah, just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Martin, <laughs> Martin, go ahead and take it from here. What did you think of this one? I'm in agreement with. With Jason, this is it's a, a damn fine match. Once again, ruined by the finish. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but just incredible losing was probably the wrong thing to do. Because hmm. um, the whole thing about him is that watch out, this guy can upset anyone. And now he, in the last two pay per views we've seen, he's you know he might be winning. Yeah, on TV, house shows, etc. But on pay per views, he's losing. Right. Right. Uh, he's right. Just, yeah, he is. He oh, really no, is. No. <laughs> break, break, a collective groan. Hey, hey, break here. How are you? <laughs> I'll feud with him. Whatever. <laughs> There's a guy in the crowd that has a sign for every one of the four major South Park characters, like oh. drawn, like I'll hold up Kyle. I'll hold up Stan. I was just like, what the am fuck? I over yet? Yeah, I just all right. <laughs> so, all right. So we we move beyond this one. Oh, by the way, Charlie, go in. I didn't. Did you have any other like any other thoughts based on the the match itself? How it was booked? Oh, it's pure dog shit. <laughs> I, it's it's bad. Uh, just incredible will get better. Yeah, I actually really like Just Incredible um, from his later times in ECW, like the '99 period especially. But this is. This is just no good. Uh, and Nicole Bass is, uh, well, you know, that certainly did not help matters. But I agree. Like, that's incredible. His tombstone is very cool. It was always fun to do that with the action figures, too. Because yeah. and, and, you could do a lot of dramatic finishes to a match with that version. That's the thing. Of like, Undertaker owns a tombstone, obviously. But still, if you're going to do it, you need to do something well, else a, with it. A lot of people do the tombstone, or I've seen them do it. Like, but who? I was going to say Finley. Finley, yeah. Uh, Kane, which was just a best of luck kind of thing. Like, the way he would drop always scared me. Yeah. But just Incredibles, I is, I always thought was second to The Undertaker. It just looked cool. It was different. He's going to yeah. twist with it. Neat. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now Joey teases Taz versus Bam Bam. We get more hotline, more merchandise, more Palooza uh, <laughs> plugs. We now go to the official video package, if you want to call it that, for Bam Bam and Taz. And this is a tale. What a tale they weave with this. It's very Shakespearean. Yeah, so Bam Bam, having a, on the outs with the triple threat, needed a partner. And it's such a weird exchange between him and Taz, where they come the to the agreement. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. You'll tag with me? No. You'll be my partner? No, I'll be your savior. I'm like, ooh. That's a good line. <laughs> it's actually not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> but then Bam Bam turns on him. And then it's bad. Yeah. Which... They don't show it in the video package, but like, it's such a convoluted thing to do to someone just to trick them. It makes me wonder if Bam Bam actually like got into physical altercations with Shane Douglas and Chris Candido to make it look like like they were feuding. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when like like Austin at Invasion, right? Like exactly. Why would he do that? Which also begs the question: You're you you just had this really red hot 
match in terms of like the buildup and the it seemed like the animosity at November to remember with Shane, Shane. Mm-hmm. it's already undone. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing at all. And I know it's wrestling, but a lot of these things can change overnight. But when you have like a headlining feud like that and all of a sudden like we're we're right back to being you know like, was that a work? Like like in K Yeah, terms? exactly. Like, why would you give up the title? <laughs> this uh we've been seeing Taz we've been talking about Taz's booking over the last couple of shows. This is a huge match for him. It's Bam Bam versus Taz. Taz defending his television title in Asbury Park. So you know Bam Bam gets a massive, deserved hometown pop. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, just some of these spots, like doing this Tazplex from the ramp to the chair. I hate, oh my God. Oh, God. What the hell was that? And I don't know who it hurt more. Taz, like, landed head first on that guardrail. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I... Ugh. The fact that Bam Bam was going to do that, take that, is amazing. At that point in his career. Right. Um, there's um, – I do like how important this feels. It does feel – It does feel. Hello. It uh, does feel very, very important. That's Taz, the cool thing here. It brings a lot of uh, importance to the television title. Like He makes a point in that video package about how this is just as important of a title as the ECW title, which, yes – in time, you will see that this is the title to win in ECW. To Taz's credit, too, he flips the crowd. Yes, he does. Which is very, I mean, like, ridiculous. He pulls Rocky hard. Four. Yeah. He flips the hometown crowd into his favor. Like, they can't choke him out. If I could change. Um, if I could choke him out. Rocky was an And you could choke him out. Everybody could choke him out. So he locks in the Taz mission. Which we've seen, which they've done a good job of building. Like once that's locked on, game yeah. over. And you can they pull a taker from SummerSlam. Yeah, he's tapping out of view. Right, which is really cool. And then just, I mean, an first amazing time, spot. I think this is one of the first times this ever happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he leans back, falls back, drives Taz through the ring into oblivion, mm-hmm. and just the image of him crawling out, pulling yeah. Taz, Taz out by the arm. And then cover, I love that that was the finish. I was like, he shouldn't it's kick per- out. It's of perfect. That. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the of the show of the matches we've watched. This is one of the best booked yes. matches because I don't think it takes anything away from Taz. No, because no. Bam Bam tapped out. Right, and yeah. like, and he lost under an extraordinary circumstance. So let's Jason kick it off. What did you think of this one? This was great. The like what Charlie said. The putting the fact that it took the ring collapsing. And Taz being, you know, pulled down to where Kane lives to be able to be beaten. <laughs> oh, wow. um, and I was happy. I mean, it's just, we're, I'm so, you know, just the way we are, just conditioned now. I was expecting Kane to come out um, of that hole. Uh, it, it was. It was really good. Like, you know, they, they've always built Taz like a monster, even though he's not built like a monster because he's just a, a wrestling machine. And then he's finally going against a monster. And the... Even though the, the and he still he's technically won the ref didn't see it but it it was that like this was fun it was real convoluted as far as the storytelling that's just like our favorite Family Guy Star Wars joke is I'm not part of the triple threat okay fine I'm part of the triple threat kind of thing <laughs> right. like really quick um you know it's, this is definitely this is like the cover of one of their uh, WWE ECW match collection DVD so. With good reason. That's an iconic moment. I saw that, the video footage, the, the, the clip of them going through the ring so many times, years before I ever saw the match. Right. And yeah. 
but I will say, I, I, I think this is a really good match. Yes. Yeah. I'm very, very happy with this. Martin, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I thought this was great. Absolutely great from start to finish. Um, it's, I think it's fun that Bigelow looks like a Pokemon-style evolution of Taz. <laughs> like when, when Taz levels up, he becomes Bam Bam. <laughs> um, aside from that joke, this match is fucking awesome. This is probably, like, aside from the Dragon Gate 6 man, and for different reasons, Lola Dreamer, this is one of my favourite matches that I've seen so far out of all the ECW shows we've watched. Yeah. This is just awesome from start to finish because yeah Taz looks like an absolute beast Bigelow still looks like a monster but there's a chink in the armor with the the visionary tap um and yeah the fact that it takes the ring getting destroyed to put Taz down does so much more than him tapping out like pitbull number 2 in you know in a minute right and this isn't like the ring collapsing in WWF where they can fix it and then the next match can happen. Well, that's what I think is fascinating with this ends. Yeah, the, this the how hectic it becomes when Heyman's in the yep. Heyman's in the booth there, and you've got you know telling he's saying cancel Cronus versus Hell Snow. We're not, Thank you. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he decides like you're play the match, play and, it. And Joey Styles just tries to throw a mutiny on. I know, like, and and that's what's fun is like to see like the announcer get like. Really heated with the owner. It's really cool. Like we'd always heard kind of the jabs that Jim Ross would throw out, but man, this is cool to see them get really into it. And then he says, like, you know, um, this match was banned by the censors. Whatever. Joe was like, you know what? Fine. And they end up playing it. So let's see what's so violent which, which about this. We match. know why they're playing it. They got to fix the ring. So I mean, that's the only reason why this is playing now. Maybe that's the only reason why they recorded it because they knew they were going to do this spot. I don't know. Whatever. So. We get this match, and we see... A dueling cane match. A dueling cane match. I don't see any canes. No canes. No canes at all. It's sans canes. So, RVD tries to pull a fast one. It's great. It's right. It fooled me. Yeah. yeah. Coming out as Sabu. But then when he broke out that kick, I was like, oh, Sabu doesn't do that. No, 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 no. So they try to do a little bit of, like, pseudo-twin magic to this. I didn't realize you had to do this to beat the Sandman. <laughs> Like, of all people, <laughs> like... Mick Foley will tell you, you can't pin him. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going right. to keep I kicking out. Though, I get the feeling you could distract the Sandman just by jingling your keys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. See, what you do is you put some Tic Tacs in your pocket. <laughs> I, had, I had a little bit of an issue with him saying this match was so violent that we can't show it. We're last pay-per-view... Sabu stabbed Sandman yeah. in the face with a yeah. corkscrew. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, what's so violent about this match? Now, the most fascinating spot, I find, is the table spot with John Peewee Moore. The referee <laughs> actually holds the table while Sabu, uh, tr- I think he throws Sandman into it. And what did the referee think was going to happen? Because he hits the table and Peewee goes flying. And then he's just out. It's like, Yeah. So to like obviously like the first thing I say is this match clearly did not live up to the billing Sucks. the billing <laughs> that that Heyman gave it no and or Joey gave it either they hyped this thing like it was going to be again the 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 return of the passion of the Christ like that's what I want I know I mean oh God, I'm gonna give it to you <laughs> you want this you want this so it's like I, I that's the first thing I thought was like 
man, this thing doesn't live up to the billing. So, okay, next thing. Can it compare November to remember? Far cry from it. Not even no. close. I would not and, – and we know that's not like the, the greatest match. We called it what it was, a vicious war of attrition. This uh, – This is barely a match. Yeah, it's it really is. And, again, like it's just more ganging up on the Sandman who is just the most unstoppable Jason Voorhees character in ECW apparently. <laughs> He's a force of nature. He gets the double leg drop, or they, he, he gets his double leg drop from the top rope to the outside through a table, which I'm just like, isn't that... Is that the finish? I have that written down. I mean, I know there's a spot in there. The only real move spot I remember is the triple jump moonsault on the ramp. Yeah. Which I was like, I have to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it, it's just such a minimal payoff. Jason, did you feel the same way, or did, did you uh, did you like this a little bit more? This was shit. <laughs> I mean, just... Like with and it's not the not just the 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 match itself, but like you said, like there's no way with the kind of build up that they've been giving this thing that that it's legit. Like you're hearing this is the most violent thing, you know, this is horrible. I also feel bad for the crowd because I didn't see like a projector anywhere. So That's what were these point. people doing? Yeah. And if they did see it, they would just be watching the same shit they just saw like an hour and a half ago. Right. That's a good way to kill a crowd. I, oh yeah. Yeah, that's the, like, and it's you know these these are ECW crowds, so I don't they're not just going to take that shit um, kind of thing. It's I didn't really like this at all. This is probably when they're it, being handed out the heads. So like, oh, this is when they handed oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh huh. Wonder if they're handing out the heads. I wonder who's coming. I mean, because <laughs> it's not. I mean, like, oh, it's, it's a great attempt. Right. I will, I'll give it this. It's a great attempt for them to try to put together something new in a wrestling show where, oh, shit, stuff goes haywire, so we've got to show something pre-tape, and we had to cancel one match. That's fantastic. So you went ahead and gave out the heads anyway? Yeah, it's just a visual. It's purely a visual, it seemed like they're going for. But, um, well, that was a visual in the video packages that ECW used to do all the time where Al Snow was standing in the middle of the ring with head shaking it while... Literally the entire ECW arena. The Fireflies? Has. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Brace, Brace, Snow. Brace Snow is out there. <laughs> what, a, what an awesome character. Brace Snow. <laughs> I know Help where me. you are, head. I know Ma- who you are. Martin, what did you think of this match, especially in comparison to November to Remember? It's... Terrible. <laughs> After all the posturing that, oh, the censors won't let us show this, it's... For, for after what came before at November to remember, and I, and I know there'd have been months in between this, but there's nothing to this. Just the only, the, the only noteworthy thing is just how... Good at a Sabu Rob Van Dam makes. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's it's just so weird. Like the 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 thought process behind this was like, what was thought of first? We're gonna do the ring spot, so then we're gonna have to. So that means we're gonna have to take some time off to get it repaired or whatever, which they really don't do at all. Like they just kind of put That's some like caution that. tape around. <laughs> Their repair work is great. It, it, this is some top-notch work. I mean, this is like home improvement, Tim Allen level of of incompetence. Yeah. You got Ernest on there too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Medea. <laughs> so um, Medea goes to ECW. So we go. 
so as Jason pointed out, we cut back to present day, and now we've got if I say present day, uh, you know what I mean. Like we cut back to the present. <laughs> It'd be great. Real that, time. Just as Abraham Lincoln assassinated, this fight broke out with Sabu and <laughs> and the Sandman in the streets of streets of Baltimore. Our American cousin. <laughs> everyone had plastic heads. <laughs> so yes, everyone's got the styrofoam head in the audience. Go ahead. Oh, we're talking about Joey Styles here because it cuts back to him. Yeah, and how fucking weird this is. Yeah, he's he's uh, he, so he's talking to the cameraman. He tells the cameraman to stand up because the cameraman's really low for some reason. The cameraman stands up, and then I started paying attention to where the camera was going. He's doing a lot of these WWE angles when there's a run in, and then all of a sudden it looks like he's on a ladder. He gets above, yeah, just like that. Yeah, he gets above Joey Styles, and he's like shooting him down. And I'm just trying to imagine what this cameraman is doing. Because this is that ECW weird kind of, um, what do you want to call it, grungy look that they tried to give stuff. Yeah. But he was clearly sitting down filming Joey, and then he's way way above his head filming him. And this is all in one take. Yeah. He's a really tall cameraman. <laughs> but he wasn't above him. <laughs> cameraman like, Kane to the rescue. He wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> above him. Is like they've got a teenage work experience kid who's... <laughs> Actually, experiencing a growth growth spurt as the segment goes yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Let's call it that because yeah, when he stands up, he's normal, and then later, he's just looking down on him. Joey lets us <laughs> he know. Uh, he lets us know that Chris Candido has chosen Shane Douglas as his partner. Not a big surprise, based on the triple threat and everything. <sighs> so, Candido and Douglas come out first. Candido gets on the mic. Storm comes out with Sonny. She is his mystery partner. I think everybody in the building, including everyone on this podcast, immediately smelled the same. It's like, this is this is probably not going to work out. What I hated was for Joey Styles to, like, lose his shit over this. This is brilliant! I'm like, no, it's really not. He's like, Sonny will, or Chris Candido will never attack Sonny. And Sonny could, you know, if she gets tagged in, she could do whatever she wants. And he's like, what a brilliant move by Lance Storm. This feels like something like early 90s Sting would do, being so dumb and gullible. (laughs) This is so dumb. Yeah, this is really bad. Because it it doesn't take long before we get um, uh, Sonny and Francine nearly getting into it. It doesn't take long before, of course, it gets to the point where Candido and Sonny are, you know, it looks like, oh, what's going to happen and they all turn on Lance. Go to Jake Roberts. Oh. 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 I, I, I hear you need something. <laughs> well, Talk so about do, triple threat. Well, so do I. <laughs> Starting with you, Skip. <laughs> no gimmicks needed. Put, I don't think so. Put this, Wear this hat. Yeah. Put this on. Put this toe in your mouth. I haven't shaved it in two months. So of course, like everybody once once the turn comes, like everybody's beating up on Landstorm. The whole crowd with Man. styrofoam heads ready are exactly ready for who they want to come out. And so Landstorm Al- knew that Al Snow's match would be canceled. Yeah, I mean, everybody knew everything. Everybody had a clairvoyance of what was going to happen in this. Like, everybody was Charles Xavier. Like, everybody was bald in a wheelchair, wheeling out like, oh, I know. Is that how they wheel out? <laughs> <laughs> this is how we move in a wheelchair. 
<laughs> this, this is the guy that runs the place? <laughs> what do they call you? Wheels? Oh, <laughs> uh, never mind. Okay. So, snow comes out, and you would have thought the glass broke at the Royal Rumble. It's a snowstorm. <laughs> yes. It is epic. And this is where I, I give them credit, and I simultaneously hate it, is what they do with the cameras, the, the what editing. What is this? It's insane. It, that's literally what they're going for. They want it to be this... It, this, this they want to create the aesthetic of we're inside Al Snow's head, I guess. Like we're, and it's, it, you know, you can you can say what you want about the effectiveness of it. Like the they do it too long, way too long. You could do it. You could get it, if you're gonna do the Goldust John Morrison thing. You know, that's one thing. But Jesus Christ, um, those are good examples. Yeah, but um, or Matt Hardy. Yeah, or Matt Hardy. Yes, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Um, all right, so Al Snow comes in. It's like a house of fire. I don't think it goes too long past this, but what I think is hilarious is the finish. Like, this match was Lance Storm's match. Like, he's the baby face in this, like, in major peril. But Al Snow hits the snowplow on Shane Douglas. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to win the match, and... I, I mean, of course, like everyone's throwing heads in the ring. Joey uh, loves to let us know that we're all getting head in Asbury Park as the show closes. I'll be—I thought this was a complete lackluster main event finish to a pay-per-view. Jason, what did you? What were your thoughts on it? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the greatest house show I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, this, the the whole thing, like with the like the kinetic upside down camera, went on way too long. Um, oh, the upside just down, Prodigy yeah. just pumping through the arena. I mean, it screamed 1998. That is one thing that is is accurate. I also this is this is Lance Storm, right? This is super serious, Mister No Personality Lance Storm. When Sonny and Chris Candino are screaming, "What are you gonna give us, Lance?" and he yells, "I'm gonna or screams, oh, right. not a yell. I'm gonna give you head." This uh Better be glad it wasn't Jake Roberts. It's about fucking time. It just whips that shit out. That's right. (laughs) You are going to give me head. (laughs) I'm going to give you cocaine. This is how an exchange works. (laughs) I brought the Cobra, but not the snake. (laughs) You ever done a Santa Fe tumbleweed? This is something I call the one-legged Skeletor. <laughs> so, Martin, go ahead. What were your thoughts on this uh, on this match, you mean? I'm incredibly happy for Al Snow. This is this was his moment, but oh my god, this is a shit show of a main event. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This, I mean, anything following Taz. Bam Bam, you know, was was going to have a hard time anyway. One quarter of the ring is taped off. That's another good point. Yeah, we, we, we Sunny falls in. <laughs> the Sarlacc, the Sarlacc pit Dude. gets her. Oh, I'm a little higher. Yeah, no, her leg goes in, and yeah, she has to get help, and then she's actually like holding her leg for a second. Like, uh oh, you need a little rub. <laughs> damn it, you go to that place and you come back hurt. God damn it! Would you like to see it? Would you like a tic tac? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is it's it's just crap from start to finish. 
like I said, it's just a shame that Al Snow's greatest moment comes in one of the worst main events I think I've seen. Yeah. Awful. I mean, I don't even, do you have any more nouns or adjectives to throw to that, Charlie, other than that? That sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's putting it nicely. Uh, this is a solid one. Like, there's nothing good here. Not a thing. And I like Lance Storm. I like Candido. Hell, I like Al Snow. Yeah. But just having Shane Douglas around just does something to these matches. <laughs> I think he's the uh, cancer here. I am fascinated by how over Al Snow is here and how, like... like well, the, he goes to WWF right after I this. know. That's what's crazy. It's mm-hmm. like that you you would think somebody that over, like, with that crowd, like, oh, you got to throw a belt on him or something, right? But, mm-hmm. you know... Um, I don't think he ever got an ECW belt. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not sure. But um, overall, I gotta say this is probably the I would say the worst of the pay per views thus far. I would I would say it's definitely worse than November to remember. Now, it's, it's just mostly for for I'll give it the, the two main reasons. One, the um, the build up, the anticipation for a match that was pre recorded that is supposed to be ultra violent and censored, and it doesn't live up to that billing at all is one thing. And then just the way this main event is booked is just kind of garbage. The rest of the things I think are very much on par, if not better, than November to Remember. Just those two things? I mean, the tag match we talked about, the the right. that thing is not obviously – it is what it is. But, Jason, where do you, where do you put this one now? Because I know you had Barely Legal, November to Remember, and Hardcore Heaven. Where do you have it in that mix for yourself? This is the bottom. <laughs> this- this is the bottom rung. Low point. Gotcha. 100%. Mm-hmm. Martin? Yeah, this is... This is an almost no redeemable merit. Because the stuff that, on paper, I thought would have been good turned out to be kind of crappy. And the stuff that I thought would be bad was somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Nope, 100% worse. <laughs> you know, when I knew what this main event was, looking at it, thinking, "Wow, this is this is going to take a lot of work to make this not suck," and it failed. No one thought <laughs> Like I said, it was somehow even <laughs> shittier than I anticipated. Charlie, where do you put it? I will say, in this show's defense, <laughs> no, no <laughs> I'm making excuses All right, now. Republican. Uh, <laughs> I can't defend what he says. Uh, November to Remember's one good match was good simply because of the brutality and the fact that it went on for as long as it did and kept and kept itself interesting. You know, it was like it was like it was good in spite of itself. Whereas the one good match on this card, I think, is legitimately good, uh, and that being Bam Bam and Taz. Like that that match deserves mm-hmm. a better card. Like supporting yes. it, yes. You know what I mean. That it killed the show. Should have been on it, November to remember. That should have been the main event. Yeah. Uh, in all honesty, like if you're going to break the ring and you're, you're going to talk about the importance of the ECW Television Title being on par with the World Title, then why not just put this last? It wouldn't be the first time ECW put the TV Title last. We'll get to that, right? Uh, in terms of it being the worst, um, I mean, RVD's match. I usually expect him to have the best match. I think it's pretty much on par with the Dreamer match. Like this, it's not bad, but it's not that good. I'd say I'd probably rate this just about the same as November to Remember. Okay, I didn't hate it, but 
it's not what I expect from ECW. Yeah. It's just fascinating because, like, then this is what we talked about with both season one and WCW in the late in late nineties or into the bitter end. Uh, WWF and the invasion angle, and then and now this is that. There's some things that we remember, and it's either a like, is it as bad as we thought it was, or is it b as good as we thought it was? And the thing is, like, looking at it objectively, like. We've seen – we have yet to see the best that ECW has to offer. Barely Legal is obviously – I kind of put that jersey in the rafters. Like that thing is iconic because there is so much emotion in how it starts. But we haven't really seen them hit their stride yet. Mm-hmm. And these two shows, like kind of back-to-back, kind of show where maybe you're kind of feeling out where this works but this doesn't. So maybe we'll do less of this in the future. I don't know. I know there's a lot of criticisms about how Paul Heyman booked in this time period, but – It'll be fascinating as we progress how he changes that up and who ascends to these new these new belts, these new belt statuses and stuff like with Bam Bam being the new TV champ and what's going to go on with the world title. So be interesting to uh, check out. We obviously know the next one is Wrestlepalooza based on our uh, – <laughs> Which I've never seen that. I haven't either. Is yep. that is that is technically the next one, right? I just yes, want to make sure because I know the yes. plugs. We got enough plugs for it. And the is the one after that heat wave. Is that yeah, right? it is. Okay, that'll be a that'll be a fun time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, um, uh, Martin, on your side, what do you tell me or tell everyone what you have to uh, to plug? Well, aside from being on this and our sister. Anything Goes podcast. See, I got it right this time. <laughs> um, I always, always, always endeavoured to have new, weird, noteworthy, obscure, just downright terrible wrestling toy reviews up at 4CROnline.com. Very nice. Jason? <laughs> well, we've got, as Martin just said, it's the uh, New Blood Rising Network. They're our first episode, the second episode will be up soon. It's uh, me and Charlie having a, just a little bit of wine discussing horror movies and versus romantic comedies. Uh, and it, it was really funny uh, in a way. So and looking forward to everyone getting to enjoy that. Charlie, um, what you got to plug? Well, well, Jason just threw that one out, so I don't have to do that. <clears throat> um, I don't have anything to plug at the moment. I do have my own show that's coming up. Uh, what have I titled it, Will? When did that When did that come out? When did that come out? Yeah, where I'll be chronicling uh, year by year uh, movies that come out in individual months within the year, talking about that, movies that everyone's seen, movies that no one has seen or remembers. And that'll be interesting. I'll have a, a, some of the episodes I'll be on my own. Some of them I'll have guests, random people, people on this podcast, people that don't really do podcasts that, that want to. So that, that'll be coming up soon, and uh, that's it on my end. Cool. The podcast is on Twitter at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook at New Blood Rising Podcast. Um, yeah, and I'm at William Rankin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I am at CM underscore stabs. Uh, and I'm at Bunny Suicida. We'll see you guys next for Russell Palooza 1998. Can't say I'm easily.